0: Welcome back to Strange Days, episode 77. I'm Kyle Peters and we're starting a new season on the theme and practice of simplicity that we find in the New Testament. I'm going to borrow a lot from a chapter in the book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, that a couple of us are now going through as part of a book club in the inner city. And um, I remember reading the chapter uh, earlier in the year, the one on simplicity and I just remember compared to all the other chapters on slowing down and Sabbath and silence and solitude you know on those ones I got really excited about and I was dreaming about what things could look like and planning for them but the chapter on simplicity got me a little quiet it felt a little harder um, it felt uncomfortable it felt more tense and it felt m- more like a sacrifice than the other ones for me personally and I certainly haven't arrived um, and I do think sometimes, you know, circumstances do help make things simple for us in certain times. But often, you know, if, if our circumstances were different, I reckon we'd, we'd depending on who we are, we'd consume and collect more and more and more. That's the general direction of um, who we are as people with our appetites. And the... I'll leave that us there as an intro for today um, because this is where I want to go. I want to compare two things, um, make a little case quickly for the dominant uh, message with regards to stuff from the passages in the New Testament <clears throat> and compare that with the dominant message of our culture when it comes to possessions. And then hopefully from there just explore something that maybe we haven't considered before, at least the way in these things are pitched and the way we respond to them. So allow me to just read some verses uh, from the New Testament, pretty much all of them from the mouth of Jesus. Luke twelve fifteen, And he said to them, take care and be on your guard against all covetedness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Luke 12, 33 to 34. Sell your possessions, give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail. Where no thief approaches and no moth destroys, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Matthew, 25 to 20, Matthew 6, 25 to 26. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, they neither sow nor reap nor gather in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And a little bit later in verse 33 But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Mark four, nineteen the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word in our hearts, and it proves unfruitful. We chatted about this a few weeks ago at church. Matthew nineteen, twenty four. Again I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And one from the Apostle Paul in First Timothy six, eighteen to nineteen. He's talking to those who are rich. They are to do good, to be rich in good work, to be generous, ready to share, and thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. <clears throat> See, these verses highlight a, a big idea here. The, the, the pattern of a godly life is one of simplicity. I don't think we can escape it if we just take Jesus at his word here and our lives and our responses to these verses, if we're honest, at least a lot of us, um, are at odds with, with that sort of general direction, if I can call it that. Um, okay? Don't worry about your life. Well, we always worry about what we're going to eat and we worry about our bodies, our health. We're worried about it right now during the coronavirus pandemic. Okay, We're always storing up more treasures in our lounge or our kitchen or our garden or in my case, on our bookshelf. Okay, Are my possessions and my money really stopping from stopping god from working in my heart is the soil of my heart actually um hardened because of this surely not surely not it's the kind of rationalizations we make the godly life when we read these verses often sounds really hard it maybe even sounds unattainable Um, maybe some of us aren't even sure that we want it it just looks like a massive sacrifice that's the godly life in some ways now what about the message from our world now, as much as we, we, we are not in America, and I acknowledge that, we have to admit that the, the influence of America is significant on us in so many ways. And the American dream and the concept of, quote, unquote, the good life is certainly the message that we are bombarded with all the time, okay? okay this good life, in many ways, is in stark contrast to the godly life we see in the Bible and on the lips of Jesus there, because the message is, is, is the polar opposite. The message is this, the more you have, the happier you'll be. Think about it. It just, it's just happens all the time on the commercial breaks, on social media. You need this blender. You need this phone because it, its photos are now in 3D. You need this PlayStation 5 because you'll be sad when your friends are all playing the new games and you can't because you're stuck on PlayStation 4. Okay. You need to eat at this place. Otherwise, you will only see your friends' photos of it on Instagram and never taste the goodness of the food. You need that new scarf the one that's gonna be uh, in season because the one you own is now out of season. It's from last year. And you don't want people to think that you're out of touch with reality, do you? And remember, if you get that car or you get that job or uh, when you get that promotion um, and that new salary that goes with it, you'll be able to get to go on that holiday and you will be happy. Or at least you definitely will be happier than you are now. That's probably one of the most dominant messages of our culture. And so we seem to be presented with a choice. The choice is will you choose the good life like we just described or will you choose the godly life? It's one or the other. I mean, these are, these are two totally different lives. We have to admit that. And in a sense, there, there, there is a choice. There is a choice that we have to make. And that choice, I think, is between what you, you think will make you happy and what actually brings happiness. And that's what I think Jesus' whole message to us here is, is that the godly life and the good life can be the same thing depending on how you determine good and what you actually allow to play out and see see the God life that we that we read about in the verses Jesus would say is the way to actual happiness the life of chasing dreams and things and experiences and approval I mean multiple celebrities people who have quote-unquote arrived at the top would tell you this that sort of life ends up wrecking us Because the truth is we never arrive. The carrot is always dangling on the stick in front of our nose. And it just exhausts us more and more and more. Now you might not be convinced at this point. But what I want to do is invite you on a journey over the next few episodes as we explore this together. Is the godly life actually the good life? That's the the premise I think Jesus wants us to recognize. And... We're going to explore, well, what is the joy that is found in this simplicity? And what is the dark side of, of accumulation? And how do we begin to maybe unravel our, our current lives and, and rewire them? This is where we're going to go. And so over the next few episodes, we're going to look at um, the, 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 the behind the, the worldview and behind the, the, the statements of you are what you own, you are what you wear. Even if we don't subscribe to the statements, often we live by them. We're going to look at the lie that's behind these sorts of things, the powers that lie behind them. We're going to look at the true cost of stuff. And we're going to, again, re-engage with Jesus' word, see what he said, see what he calls us to and why. And then we're going to get into practicalities for three or four episodes looking at um, ideas for simple living and practically, how do we get simple with our wardrobe? How do we get simple with the things we own and other possessions? How do we get simple with um, books and papers around us? This is where we're going. And so I invite you on this journey. One that I think in many ways the world has been awakening to. 2,000 years after Jesus. Think of Marie Kondo and, and, and people talking about minimalism and essentialism and digital minimalism. People are waking up to the fact that Jesus was onto something. Because he's God and he knows what he's doing. And so Father, open up our hearts. Mine included. Help us to trust you. Help us to have our eyes open, God, as we explore to see both the truth and to be aware of lies in our world. And help us to be soft, God. Help us to have our hands and our fingers um, opened by you, by your power, to what they're currently maybe clutch onto so tightly. And show us truly, God, the way that the way that leads to life. Amen.